0: A podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. It's Friday. It's four o'clock. Short views. Little bit of sunshine and everyone goes mad, don't they? For God's sakes, don't need that. Can you believe that? Saw a bloke today wearing shorts and nothing else. Even Robert was tempted to bring in his sandals. It's 17 degrees and yet he didn't. Thank you for that. Do hope you are ready for your bank holiday weekend. Uh, Shout out to Johnny this week. Oi, oi, Jonas. Uh, He is, uh, what's he doing? Skateboarding in where? Nice. Oh, yeah, skateboarding in Nice. Didn't take his girlfriend, went with a bunch of sweaty blokes. What does that say about Johnny? Hmm? And a shout out to Kanye West. Woo, woo. Kanye West, eh? Been making a bit of noise, hasn't he, on Kanye yeah, with his Trump hats and his uh, slavery comments? So uh, I think Kanye's probably a little been, been in the sun a bit too much anyway, but shout out to him. Uh, we have a busy show ahead of the bank holiday weekend, which is going to be nice. So this is something that we're all very happy about. Right, let's start with some great news. We have secured, and it's brilliant to know, Claire Perry, the Minister. For energy, she'll be coming to open Energy Live Expo on the 31st of October, so Halloween night. Uh, Come along to that event, we'll be putting out um, all the details of what we've got planned for that event in the next coming days and weeks, but you can register now already if you're an energy end user. Uh, Claire has been Minister of State since 2017, and obviously we've interviewed a few times as you've seen by the footage, and we're really looking forward to her addressing. She's the headline speaker for the event. We'll be announcing more speakers in the coming uh, weeks and months, but uh, get in right now register and make sure that you're attending on the 31st of October. Right, on to the news. Uh, Today is the day after yesterday, which was local election day in England. Uh, It was quite an interesting one. Yes, Labour won some seats, then they lost some seats, Tories won some seats, they lost some seats. And for once, the Lib Dems won some seats, incredibly, in Richmond. Uh, but the story um, that I want to pick up on is a Labour story that was uh, released earlier in the week. Uh, 2.3 billion quid to help homeowners with their energy bills. So what they're trying to say is that um, this isn't money. You know, Labour have always been about the whole kind of, you know, regulating the energy industry. We've had, first of all, Miliband with his idea of the price cap, which are now ironically the Tories are putting through, and then uh, our comrade, literally our comrade Corbyn, who believes everything should be rationalised. So let's put that aside, but they had an interest, to be fair to them, on the whole side of energy for a while. And what they announced early in this week was an idea to invest £2.3 billion on home efficiency measures uh, measures for the poorest. So we're looking at things like um, insulation in particular, helping them with uh, energy saving, boilers, that sort of stuff. The idea is that uh, they'd invest around about uh, 270 quid's worth of savings per household. Yeah, so that, what they've worked out, their figures it's 2.3 billion. And they reckon that would save a billion pounds uh, across four million homes so you know that's not a bad thing at all Why, who would argue against that they want to try and get everyone who's living in terrible drafty homes particularly the, the the poor the fuel poor into a category c band home for efficiency i think this is a very good idea i think it's uh, if it can be done it's brilliant as ever <laughs> with labor My question is, where's the $2.3 coming from? Now, um, there's been this thing called Eco, which has been around for a long time, which is a sort of compulsion on the energy companies to help the fuel poor. I don't know whether that's what they're going to do to try and uh, make the companies pay a bit more. But if you look at it as a headline, it's a good headline, and it definitely is something worth doing because in this country, instead of us trying to find cheaper forms of energy... What we should be doing is making our homes much more efficient. You know, I can't talk. Uh, my place is absolutely terrible. It's a Victorian place, leaky as hell. I've done all the things I can. I've put in, you know, a double glazing. You try and put some draft excluders. But at the end of the day, that's a house from 1880. So what it needs is proper insulation. And for a lot of houses like my one you can't do that there isn't the technology but for many flats from the 50s and sort of you know late late 30s onwards you can do that and this is i think a really good idea to get those people with the most important thing insulation so that their bills come down right moving on we're talking about funny enough renewable energy so is is a a renewable sort of energy index. It's called the uh, Renewable Energy uh, Country Attractiveness Index, to give its full name. It's produced by EY, the consultancy firm. And we've gone up. We have gone up to seventh uh, in the latest report. Now, that's three places. Uh, We used to be, when we first started ELN, I think we were in the top sort of three or four, and then we went down for quite a while. The reason we've gone up is because of the subsidy-free solar. So what's happened is solar has sort of really grown. You've seen a massive increase in it. And that's really because of the market, which is really what everyone wanted. Uh, Initially, if you may remember way back when, there were things called feed-in tariffs and they were paid for by government to try and encourage the take-up of solar. Well, it seems that's worked because they've been out of the picture for a while and solar has increased also uh, also the investment in onshore wind has gone up. So that has helped. And also the interesting thing EY says is that we are, get this, ahead of the curve on blockchain uh, technologies for energy. So blockchain for trading, blockchain for kind of uh, community energy schemes. And we've run a couple of stories about that this week as well. So all of those things have helped us to sort of uh, rise up the ladder. So we are now seventh in the world. Uh, and then finally in this section, this is really an interesting one. So m and are trialing out liquid nitrogen refriger- refrigeration units. Now, it's all about liquid air. Now, this is something we filmed about ooh, six years ago, something like that. So this is frozen air technology, which means that what you do is you use air as a form of energy storage. You take air, you freeze it. Yeah, you turn it into a liquid, that liquid has a mass and then you either use it in a mechanical way or you evaporate it, turn it back into a gas and it turns a turbine and off you go, you get energy. So Dearman is a company that's behind this, who we saw their their plant, which I think you're seeing the pictures of right now. And what they've done is M&S have teamed up with them to help. Uh, with the kind of refrigeration lorries you see on the streets now we're right here behind Sainsbury so we get these lorries coming out and what happens is they park up and of course what they have to do is keep their diesel engines on they've got two types of engines normally these lorries we found this out obviously they've got the big one but they also often have a smaller diesel engine just for the refrigeration unit So what this trial is going to do is use liquid nitrogen gas instead of that secondary uh, small diesel unit to cool down uh, the food products. It's a trial that M&S have just started. Uh, Sainsbury's actually did one uh, a couple of years ago and if it works, M&S are looking at a rollout. Potentially, these could cut emissions by 95%. So it's an example of new technology that as we saw five, six, seven years ago was just kind of being tested now coming into the market eln always at the forefront there you go Uh, more stories later with pre but now on to this week's viewpoint (laughs) so uh this is quite interesting now if you look at it one of the things that we've always covered is why be energy efficient what's the business case for it at the end of the day we can sort of harp on about all the kind of energy crap oh it's good let's save the planet let's save the whales and dolphins but as we know what people care about is is it going to help their business so looking at it all what the real problem is i'm just checking something is my sound coming out all right because this is uh, not like but it's not it's fine it's on another thing ignore me um centrica and you would think this is obvious centrica business solutions has done a survey now you could say, oh, this is. Hang on, this is an energy company talking about why energy efficiency matters. Anyway, yeah. they did a survey of a thousand companies, and what they found is that firms with an energy strategy are twice as likely to be ahead of their rivals. Just take that in. Twice as likely. That's a small survey, but it's still interesting. What are we talking about we're talking about people have put in an energy strategy it can be as simple as replacing the bulbs in your place yeah it could be insulation it could be chp could be loads of these variety of things anyway what they found 41 percent who've done these measures have reduced their energy costs 35 percent have better visibility of their business what does that mean they know what's happening in their business because as we know Energy is a major cost for everyone. So they're now looking at it and seeing what's happening across that. And this I think is the most interesting thing of all. A quarter of them have seen reputational benefit. Reputational benefit, i.e. translating that from sort of corporate speak, other people like your business if you're doing this. And that is a really big thing. Uh, but looking at it all, they, this is funny, because obviously that, that figure, the 41% sounds great, but 48, nearly half of them, still have not got energy efficiency measures. So there you go. A staggering figure. Half of the businesses they survey don't have any efficiency measures. The ones that do, 41% had reduced their bills. As they say, no shit Sherlock. Sherlock. This really is one of those things that proves if you go for a complete energy strategy where you look at your business, and of course it's difficult for small businesses. We're a small business, we're in rented offices and we rely on what the landlord's gonna do, but we put some pressure on them, we've you know, added uh, LED lights here for the office and we're trying to get more efficient heaters and things like that. It's typical in a very, very small business, but for larger businesses who own their places or have the financial power, it's clear that if you put in this strategy, this shows you, you get a benefit. And the best benefit for any business is on the top line. And that's what this is doing. I think this shows you that really, if you look at the way the energy sector is moving, this will be the biggest change over the next few years. Not about buying energy cheaper, but by using it better and being more efficient. What do you think? Let me know. Uh, Drop us a line, use the hashtags and all of that. And now it's time for the Hack Hutch. Yeah,
1: okay, so first up... Talk to uh, me. Can you hear me? Robert? Talk to me. Yeah, I Talk don't to know me. what Sumit's doing. Just ignore him. So first up, we've got a story, which is our top story at the moment, uh, about the uh, diesel emissions scandal. So the former head of uh, Volkswagen Whoa. has been charged over the scandal. Uh, so Martin Winterkorn, um, it's been alleged that he knew about the cheating uh, emission scandal in May 2014 and in July 2015. Uh, he's been also accused of wire fraud in connection with this.
0: Blimey, he's uh, been a busy CEO, hasn't he? <laughs> See, it always stops been with accused, the boss. So
1: allegedly.
0: Allegedly. Uh,
1: well and done. Volkswagen previously pleaded guilty as well, uh, and it recalled about 11 million cars worldwide. That's right. Yeah. Um, but I think we had a report from the EAC that said uh, there's still a lot of vehicles that needs to be processed and.
0: But he's now, for the first time, they always say that corporate people get away with things. Here we got someone actually being held to account.
1: Yeah, and the Department of Justice in the US has said they're going to go at it in full force. So we'll have to wait and we'll see. We'll wait and see. Uh, next up, it's about, for householders, good news. I think I mentioned this in the Periscope, so apologies if you watched me then. Um, uh, so householders can reclaim £1.3 billion from suppliers for energy that they paid for, uh, but haven't used over the winter.
0: That's good. So,
1: yeah, that's good news. So that means about two in five homes uh, can reclaim about £121 each, uh, and one in 10 homes can reclaim over £200. So that's a lot of money, a lot of barbecues for the summer.
0: (laughs) Obsessed with barbecues. Um,
1: A majority uh, have said that... uh, They've said that a majority of people have had to chase for their supplies to automatically yes, that's refund true. the money. Yes, I've had that myself. Um, so you've been yeah in, in the give... in the
0: past. Yeah. So I had a because if you pay by direct debit, as you yeah. well know, how does it work?
1: You can get the money back automatically, so you don't have to tell suppliers to this is how much you owe me. So supply. So the money should be basically be in your bank.
0: It should be without
1: bank. you having to chase for. But it, you often you you um... you pay
0: a lot for it over the summer when you're not using it. So you're in credit. Mm-hmm. So suddenly, if you change, that's what happens.
1: Yeah. So what uh, this research found was that uh, people, the, the reason for the high credit is because uh, suppliers have been estimating bills so rather than getting the metered readings. And that's also partly due to householders of uh, failing to give the meter readings. Yeah. Uh, but Energy UK, uh, the trade body said that companies are trying to smooth the direct debit payments and it actually helps if householders give their meter readings to ensure accurate builds. No, you, you've
0: got to do your bit as well, so you've yeah, got to give them the so
1: it's a balance between both.
0: But it's a good story. That's good, yeah. yes?
1: And finally, I thought this was quite interesting, from the MIT. Uh, research has found that the cost of implementing the International Climate Pledge in China... Yeah,
0: in will, China, okay. In
1: China ...will offset the benefits um, to air quality and human health. So So the the money you're going to be investing in implementing the policy to meet the international climate pledge in China uh, will more than cover uh, due to uh, what's going to happen in terms of air pollution leading to Uh, better health healthy people so Mm. you don't have as much
0: costs oh i see okay i see what they're people they're working out the cost or the ancillary cost of this pollution is things like people going in for scans and treatment okay and that's what they have said so
1: that so they've said fewer debts from air pollution uh, could lead to savings of a staggering 339 billion pounds
0: have you written that right in
1: 2030 yes i think 339 billion yes in 2030. Dollars
0: or pounds? uh, That's dollars,
1: dollars, that's dollars. Wow. I'm I'm so used to saying pounds. Um, And that's four times the cost of China actually meeting uh, the international pledges. Wow. So that means the climate policy can more than pay for itself. Which I thought was quite interesting.
0: Thanks. Anything else interesting going on?
1: uh, That's all for now, but if you do have any interesting stories for us to run you can send it over to stories at energylivenews.com Excellent. and enjoy the sunshine and your barbecues so of
0: course it's always about the barbecue she's obsessed with barbecues i don't know why anyway uh we've got a special guest here today yeah a musician how's it game, pave pave is giving it large hasn't quite quite hit the heights but no, follow no, no comment from pave look it's full of all of that but not now uh, right, so there you go. Right now, um, thank you very much, Pre. Let's talk about. Uh, obviously, I've said to you already that we've got uh, a great speaker opening Expo, which is uh, our uh, Energy Minister. But we've also got a great speaker opening Energy Live Future, which is rapidly approaching. It's only just over a month away. That is Baz Lansdorp the CEO of Mars One, and here's his invitation to you. <laughs>
1: Hello, I'm Bas Lansdorp. I'm CEO and co-founder of Mars One. I'll be speaking at Energy Life Future in June in London, and I hope you will be there. I'll be speaking about Mars, about why we should go there, how we will go there, about how we will get
0: energy on Mars. It's going to be an exciting event. Join us. If you're a regular watch, you'll have probably you know that <laughs> invitation off my heart. But in all seriousness, do come along. I think we're about... Uh, well, How many registrations are we at now, Freddie? More than 150 odd, isn't it? Something like that. So we've still got room for about another 50 or 60 people. So if you are an Energy End user, sign up. Get in touch with Freddie. Go on the website and we will get your place. Uh, we've been sending out emails and invitations. Don't forget, it's an invite-only event. It'll be taking place on the 7th of june and we will be discussing not just what's happening in mars we'll be looking at the whole situation of suppliers you'll see a, a video on our website from the managing director of uh, british gas our headline sponsor gab Barbero, who'll be talking about where he thinks the supply situation and this transition we're going through where we're trying to do more with less and we're using energy storage That'll be a big part of it. We've got some really, really interesting stuff going on in our laboratory. We've got some top universities coming along, and we've just uh, managed to secure some incredible cars. Well, Freddie tells me they're incredible for the EV Highway, our version of a terrible version of Top Gear, but we've got some really interesting commercial vehicles. So these aren't things that you're just gonna be driving. It's not just about Teslas. It's about uh, EVs and low emission vehicles that can make a difference to your business. So if you're an end user, register now and if you look at the diary that's the main thing so 7th of june that's coming up on the 28th of june we have telka the award-winning telka the best awards in the country and that's taking place at the honorable artillery company you can go and get your tickets if you haven't uh, done so already and of course the short list will come out in about uh, two weeks time, something like that, two or three weeks time. And then, as I said, at the top of the show, 31st of October, it is Expo, which will be taking place in Westminster. So get those dates in your diary. Right, uh, any shout outs at all? Yep. Yes. From Kevin. From Kevin Corcoran. It's quite a long
1: question,
0: sir. It's a long question, Kevin. all right. Shall we, shall we sit down? Shall I actually sit down for this one? Yes.
1: The Luxor Skybeam in Las Vegas is a
0: uh, Lots is of the, what?
1: The Luxor of The Luxor, Luxor yeah. Skybeam in Las Vegas. Yeah. is a 42.3 billion candela tunnel of light. Yes. The strongest in the world. Yes. 39 lamps each each watts. Yes. and cost 40 pound an hour to run.
0: He's just if you if you can't quite hear what's pre saying, he's just talking drivel about a lamp. In a hotel in Vegas. What is the question, Kevin? The
1: question is: Will you be covering this in September,
0: and will PELN pay for my tickets? Ah, do you know? I'd like to give him a little something. I, I don't quite know. I haven't got the message. Uh, yes, Kevin, that's a really interesting question. When it comes to the unit of light, which I think is called a candle, it's how bright a light is. That is amazing, but I don't think it's quite enough to justify an expenses-paid trip for you. Remember, you owe me money for your ticket. Anything else? Next question. <laughs> question. number two. The from
1: bank, this bank holiday. <laughs> this bank holiday, yes. villages across the UK mark the beginning of springtime fertility. Springtime fertility. Will you be place. dancing around your may- maypole again and handkerchiefs, bell pads and sticks? With will handkerchiefs, bell pads
0: Will sticks. I be dancing around my maypole? Will you be with me on uh, Sunday? So we can dance together hand in hand. And make sure... We've moved on. Don't bring a handkerchief. Bring some tissues. Anything else? That's all. Anyone else out there? No. Nope. God, that's poor. Not even Vicky Ellis. Where the hell are you, Ellis? Uh right. Before we go, the and finally this week, and this is cracking. The Arctic Ice Runner. Oh yes. So this is a French lady called Anne Cremer. I would assume that's how you say. And she's basically going to do what's called the Northwest Passage. Careful, Kevin. Uh, A passage that is 3,000 kilometers long, basically goes from the high point of the Canadian Arctic from the Pacific to the Atlantic. And she's gonna do it in a solar-powered boat. Well, it doesn't really look like a boat. It looks like a little dinghy to me. It's like 20 foot long, Um, incredible. I mean, she's got some guts, this woman. So she's basically going to go, and I've been to the Arctic, as my son will attest, uh, 12 years ago. It wasn't pleasant. The temperatures down there are absolutely ridiculous because you might think it's minus 20, minus 30, but you get wind chill, you get a storm in, and it's really, really nightmarish. So she has got some serious guts to do this, particularly in a solar-powered boat. Now, I assume that even if there are loads of clouds, it'll still work because it gets some light. But I wouldn't want to be stuck trying to get across the... uh, the arctic uh you know the arctic ocean uh, at that time of year with this so good luck to her uh an interesting one and um, that's it for this week's show have a fantastic bank holiday uh next week we are back on friday yes we are so look after yourselves have a good time do a barbecue like pre says it's always good put a bit of uh, a shrimp on it take care see you soon